This episode of Butcher Breakaway is brought to you by you, the fans. That's right. Go to Patreon.com right now to support this show. You can, For the price of a beer, price of coffee, or something else you want to buy that's small for Greg and I, whatever it is, you can support this show that we do every single week for the last 370,000 weeks. Uh, today we'll be doing another mailbag episode because it's the 4th of July and there's no one that's willing to give up their holiday to speak to Greg and I. And I know you're wondering, really? Is that true? Uh, and yes, it is. So without further ado, here's Mark Messier. We'll answer a bunch of fun questions. Heading into the deep summer of New York Rangers. Anything is possible, or maybe not. We'll see. Here we go. Hi, everybody. It's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast. Welcome to the episode. Happy Fourth of July! I'm your host Ryan Mead. I'm here with my co-host Greg Kaplan. Greg, how are you? Did you know the Tour de France goes through other countries besides France? I watched a lot of weird sports this weekend. If that's what you're asking, I mean, this is—is is there ever a weekend more prime for the weird sports? No, it's one of the best weird sports weekends ever. I watched the World Tag Championships um, for a little bit. Got to be honest, the scoring system is very dumb. The the games end one nothing. You have to evade somebody as, for twenty seconds. Is it as dumb? Is it as dumb as the uh, current NHL point system? It's it's close. <laughs> it's close. I gotta be honest. I watched uh, what's that game where you throw beanbags into a hole? Cornhole. 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 Yep. Watch watch those championships as well. A lot of stuff. Watched a lot a lot of weird sports. Watched the under twenty Concacaf soccer tournament versus Honduras semifinals. Watched the double Royal Rumble. Yeah, we're going to the Olympics. Hey, hey, look, fun. How about that? Cool. Great time. Amazing. Uh, happy 4th of July, Leeds, Leeds, by the way, has just become an America's team. Did you see this? I did. Well, they're the, they have a coach, right? That's from America. So he's like, I'll get all the The coach, and now I think they're third American signing of the summer. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Hi, Tyler Adams. Tyler Adams is go- off off to Leeds. We call that the re- I like it. We call that the reverse 4th of July. Just taking over. Going back. The Leeds, Le- <laughs> Leeds United States of America. That's it. I think we figured it out. All right, that's enough talking sports. Um, I want to announce that I'm injured for this podcast, that I have a canker sore on like my jawline, and I'm, I'm podcasting oh, through it. You. Really, really proud yeah, of let, myself. Let me, let me know when you can feel your leg. <laughs> Shit. How's that going? Yeah. Oh, oh, I'm injured. I had 12 different blood tests run on me on Friday, and I'm waiting on the results. Incredible. I mean, it's, apparently, it's not like cerebral palsy, which is good. Hey. That was a, that was a worry. Hey, congratulations. Okay. So I know. Let's, good, uh, good for me. Let's keep that updated. Uh, I think we're, we're not breaking HIPAA laws because you're breaking it. I think that's how that works. Yeah, um, I mean, also, I didn't tell anybody anything. Like, I, that's I, true. Yeah, Greg, Greg continues to be able to have sensation in his limbs. That is... Uh, that, there you go, breaking news. <laughs> All right, no let's worries. get into the Ranger news of lack or lack thereof before we do a lot of mailbag questions. Before uh, Vince went uh, on a see you later, I'm not tweeting anymore for the weekend, he decided to release power, some power move. Just such way. a power Absolute move by Vincent. Came right out and released a couple of things that I think are important to uh, to discuss. The uh, Rangers and Capococco sound like they're close to getting a bridge deal in place. Not really a surprise. Greg, on my side, I've heard around it's around two years, two million. I think that's exactly what we expected. Uh, and I think they get it done probably tomorrow. Because today's New York Ranger Monday, but it doesn't really count because it's 4th of July. So that's my opinion. So maybe as you're listening to this, it's done. I bet you it's already, I bet you it's already done and they're just waiting the dots and I's and crossing T's. I, I Vince like, would never say anything formally. if it wasn't. That's kind of the way I look at right. it as well. And then uh, I'm sensing optimism that Vitaly Kravtsov and the New York Rangers... Uh, 
have nine months before he was in trade before camp. Or no, uh, sorry, he's I'm sensing more optimism in the last right now than the last nine months. And if he isn't traded before camp, he'll make the roster. Not a shocker at all. We we talked about that a couple weeks ago as well. Uh, if he's not traded, he'll play. Shock. Who knew? Uh, anything else? Yeah, and I I do think it's a mix of um, the Rangers fucked around and found out, and now his trade value is so low that it's really hard to trade a guy for what you feel is equal value unless, I don't know, you exhibit that you yourself value him. So I think the Rangers, I think Drury, for the most part, has realized the bet he's made, realized he could use the player, and realized he kind of has no choice at this point. One other thought I think Vince, he's talked about this a bunch um, pretty publicly, and I think he just wanted to reassure everybody. And I think you and I have had the same experience as well. Not that we're insider journalists at all, but sometimes we do, I can't believe it, get actual scoops. Uh, but he, he mentions that Chris Drury keeps a very small inner circle and has put a tight lid on leaks. Uh, yeah, no shit. So like a lot of stuff that you read these days uh, from anybody, it's usually coming from other teams or agents. And I know that you made that point on our OT last week. If you want to listen to the OT, Greg and I break down uh, a couple of rumors, a couple other things as well. And uh, that's on our Patreon. You can check that out if you'd like. And But we, we've been saying this for a while. It's all agent leverage. I mean, let's talk about the cadre stuff. Oh, my goodness. Let's get this out of the way. It, it, I, I, we say a lot of things on this podcast. There is a 0% chance Kadri's a Rangers. He's a zero, zero, zilch, nothing, nothing. No yeah, chance. I, 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 the, it, it makes all the sense in the world, and we've said this time and time again, for agents and other teams to use the New York Rangers as leverage. Why wouldn't you want the New York Rangers involved with your players or your clients if you're looking to move them? That is a very easy way to get other people to go, oh, shit. We've said the same thing about the Toronto Maple Leafs. They, they fall into the same category. If you involve Toronto, you're involving everyone in the National Hockey League because they'll have to – They'll have to take a step back and go, oh, wait, what? They're doing what? Who's doing what? Yeah, no. Anyone with anyone who can do two plus two knows that Nazem Kadri is unaffordable for the New York Rangers. But what the New York Rangers have is a need at center and a desire to make their team immediately better. So you do algebra and you're like, yeah, they could use Nazem Kadri, but it's not happening i don't know how else to say it it won't it doesn't make any sense whatsoever but good good on his agents man they know what they're doing i hope he gets that 8.5 million i always want players to get the bag i hope he gets the bag too he probably deserves it uh one of the better five to five players on that avalanche team that just won the cup obviously but again the rangers have no way to make this work period end of story uh if they, if they do sign him it would have to be like a major discount he'd be like yeah i only want to play in new york and for two years for six million dollars why he'd ever say that is he wouldn't. Period. End of story. That's why I'm so surprised. I don't when, know, when Frank... hockey, hockey, hockey players are weird breeds, man. Ryan McDonough didn't want to leave Tampa, and he did. So, like, well, you want to start with that now because uh, got a, got a question from our, our friend Dan. I, I'll just read it real quick. Uh, he said, "What the fuck is the point of no movement contracts and no trade clauses if you can just break them?" There was a story that said that uh, Ryan McDonough. Re- got the request from Brisebois on Wednesday that he to agree to a trade. My man, he has a no-move contract. He didn't have to move, but he decided to because the GM asked him nicely. What What is the point if that's the case? Are you just trying to be a good friend to everybody else on your team? He says he loved, guess... loved living in Florida. So then why would he leave? 
Yeah, I mean, I guess the point is McDonough at least got to pick where he went, right? So he's not getting traded to just a team with endless cap space that has no future, like uh, Ottawa or something like that. He at least got to identify the team he wanted to go to. And it's very clear that McDonough chose Nashville, and Nashville was like, all right, well, if he's coming here, we're not giving you shit um, except more cap space because that's exactly what the fucking Tampa How, how do they do it? I'm serious. How do they do it, Ryan? They fucking cheat. That's how they do it. I don't know what else to tell you. It's, uh, it's unbelievable. These also, now that, I, now that I know so much of Tampa Bay gets triggered when I say the word fraudulent cups, I'm going to say it all the fucking time. Also, shout out to the dumb shit Ranger fans that also didn't understand the joke. How fucking dumb do you have to be? I'm calling some of you out. It's a clear joke. It's fucking July 4th weekend. You think I'm serious? My goodness. Oh, my God. Be dumber. Cry. Whatever. But anyway, that that is the is the short answer of why you have no movement clauses. You have it so you choose your next spot, and it forces the team to essentially give you away for free. Right. The problem here is that's exactly what the Lightning wanted to do, and the Nashville Predators were more than willing to allow them to do it. I wish McDonough would have just said, I don't feel like moving. I signed this contract here for a reason. I'm staying. But like I said earlier when we were talking Kadri, NHL players are fucking weird, man. They they really do think of the team above themselves. And it's it's to a point where it's actually like it can't be beneficial to the individual. That's all. Like, does Ryan McDonough really feel like he's in a better situation now that he's in Nashville? No, he, he just loves left- Tampa. He loves Tampa so much. He wants to see Tampa win so much that he left. That doesn't make any sense. And, and it's so weird to when you're really like an NHL fan that's super into it and die hard about it all, and you follow the NBA in any way possible, like just even on the skirts of what's happening with the trade deadline and some of the trades that Minnesota made for Rudy Gobert and what's going on there. You look, you look Ryan McDonough, who I think you and I would say, <clears throat> I know his, his game is declining a little bit, but is a very serviceable and great top four defenseman. We agree. Okay, good. Now, well, now, I'll, I'll go so far, Ryan, I'll go so far to say to, to use the, the adjective serviceable at this point for Ryan McDonough, seems unfair. Like he's better than that. He's very much better. I, I understand. I understand the concerns about the playoff mileage on his legs and the four years left on this contract. But this guy is still a. I mean, do the math. What there are thirty-two NHL teams, four top defensemen for every team. So we're talking about at least uh, like a hundred and twenty, some top like best defensemen in the NHL. Ryan McDonough is one of the one hundred best defensemen in the NHL. That is without question. It's probably top fifty. If I'm being honest, probably. Well, that then you so okay. They give Ryan McDonough away as a salary dump, and yes, I know the last two years of that contract might be rough, but they might not be. He might be serviceable. It's a salary dump for for Tampa Bay, and then it's and, Tampa Bay's ability to keep Andre Palat and Nick Paul, and then and then you go to the NBA and Rudy Gobert at thirty just just took a whole franchise's future. The whole mm-hmm. franchise. Like, <laughs> I would argue that, that Ryan McDonough is of the level of importance in some ways, or just below the level of importance, of Rudy Gobert on his hockey teams. And he was the salary dump. I don't yeah. understand. No, it's it's it's, it's plain silly. Um, and it, it's why, like, when people are like, oh, what are you going to get for 
what are you really going to get for Pierre-Luc Dubois? Uh, nothing. Because he doesn't want to be there. And the NHL has made it sound like if a team has to move a guy or a guy wants to leave, you're not going to get anything in return for him. Which, again, is why Tal Kravtsov is going to be a New York Ranger on opening night. Because the Rangers fucked around and found out. And it's, it's just so dumb how Ryan McDonough, again, a not ideal contract. And yes, if you trade for him, the odds of you being able to trade him again seem low. But you got literally nothing but $700,000 in extra cap space than beyond moving Ryan McDonough. And if that's what the Lightning wanted, God bless him. I do love that Julian Brisebois, a guy that we respect and would probably put in the top five GMs in all of hockey, uh, he is going to fall for his own trap of, I put a guy next to Stamkos and Kucherov. He played great, and now I got to pay him. They've been doing so well about not paying that guy, whether it be JT Miller or Vlad Nemesnikov. And for some reason, it happens for a third time, and Breezebaugh's like, all right, fine, I'll pay this one. I'll pay him. Obviously, it's a skill. I think this time it's just, they, they, I don't think they think their window's closing, but it, it's deteriorating quickly. I think they think I have one or two more shots at it, and then that'll be it. If you had one or two more shots and you chose Pilat over McDonough, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Actually, that's a good point. As soon as you say it like that, it's like, oh, <laughs> never mind. I think yeah, if you have... only have one or two more shots at it, I'd rather have McDonough than Pilat. They want to keep Pilat because they're trying to keep the window open longer, but I just don't think Pilat's that guy. I think I saw an, an idiotic Edmonton writer this weekend as well say like, oh, it's a skill for a player to play next to McDavid and Dreisaitl to score. Is it? <laughs> what? That's why you want to keep Evander Kane? Because now you're going to make the argument that it's hard to score next to Connor McDavid no, and Leon Dreisaitl? We saw Artemi Panarin make other players look like Jesper Fast looked like a legitimate top six threat. But Ryan Strom's going to make north of $6 million. Yeah. I mean, just because of Artemi Panarin. He might come back. I don't know. We'll see. He's not. I, I'm tired of this game. If Sorry. he was going to stay, he'd be here, man. I, I think he. we'll get into it at some point, I'm sure, with the questions. Uh, yeah, man, the Ryan McDonough trade makes no sense to me. Congratulations to the Lightning. They get they Teams love to help them over and over again. Don't really get it, but I, I, do, I do think this is like... I saw a lot of people clowning on Nashville. I get it. But Nashville's they don't really have like a good future built out, and Ryan McDonough's a solid player. It's fine. I'm good with it. Maybe I'm just getting old hockey man. I have no idea. You want to get to the million questions we have? Uh, I mean, it sounds like we have a lot. Yep. This is. Uh, we'll start with five star questions. If you want to go, uh, leave a five star question. You can go our Discord, go to our Patreon, leave a five star question channel. We'll read it on the show. We're gonna read some Twitter ones as well today. Uh, this is from J Play. Is one big not talked about piece the Rangers are missing an alligator in the bottom six to help get under the team's skin and put them on the power play more often? You mean like Brennan Lemieux? <laughs> because they don't miss him like at all. Uh, I would say Ryan Reeves isn't that guy either. But I, is it, isn't Tyler Mott kind of that player? Well, okay. This is the – what are we asking here? Do we want a piece of shit or do we want a pest? Because I think there are two different things. Because I think right? Tyler Mott is a pest. He's a pest. He, he plays with a lot of speed. He does a lot of things players other players don't want to do. When he's on the ice, he, he makes his presence known not by necessarily hitting you to death, but just by always being in your face. He's the guy, if you're playing pickup basketball, he's trying the hardest, and you just get annoyed by it sooner or later. Like, I love pests. What I don't think the Rangers need is a piece of shit, and I think that 
is what this question is implying. Like a piece of shit is a guy who's just shit talking, starting fights, not actually adding anything to your team. Like I wish if the Rangers wanted to sign a player who could do both like Kadri, that's one thing, but just to sign a piece of shit. So you have a piece of shit. That's not the point like that. That is, that's not how you build a good hockey team. I don't think that player adds anything. And again, like, He's not, like, by definition a piece of shit, but what you're asking for is essentially what the Rangers traded assets to get fucking Ryan Reeves for. So, like, if that player comes freely and is cheap and is $800,000 and is picked up as a free agent and does more than just shit talk, sure, great, wonderful. Do I think the Rangers need it to be successful? Fuck no. Hard no. Agreed. This is from Gump116. As asset boys... How would you rank the Rangers' current assets, roster players, prospects, even draft picks, considering age, contract, etc.? Who would be the worth, worth most in a trade? Who has negative value? So we're not going to go through the whole roster here. I would quickly say that there is there's untouchables being like, you know, Panarin. I would say he's untouchable. Fox, Igor. You can get all those out of the way. But let's talk about possible available assets, people that could be traded, Greg, because I, I don't want to go through everybody. Uh, who I, I have Keandre Miller as the most valuable asset being traded. That's oh, I, think I think he's untouchable. I think he's I don't right any... under the level. Right there. I, I, I don't think there is any realistic trade target the Rangers would include Keandre Miller in a trade for. Okay, so then the next up is probably Kako and Heedle. If that's my that's where I'm I at. would say Heedle's stock will never be higher. Um, never. Most, mostly because, one, he's coming off a great playoff, but also, two, like his contract fits on every team, and that does matter. That matters a lot. Uh, I would say Kako is two. I would say Othman's probably three. I think Othman's a little on. lower, to be honest. Well, no, here's my argument is the Rangers have devalued so many of their own assets so much that Othman's value therefore gets inflated. Do I think Brennan Othman's going to be a better player than Niels Lundqvist? Not necessarily, but I think the Rangers kind of tanked their own stock like the height the hype of value of uh Lundqvist is gone where the hype for yes. Hoffman's kind of still there like yes, hey, because if, if you're if you're one of the 31 other NHL teams yep you you could at least make you make the argument that like the New York Rangers damaged goods their own player a little bit and not only that that player now kind of wants out so again anytime a player anytime you can make a case that a player wants out congratulations the value on that player decreases by at least 25 percent so I, I, I do look at players like if the Rangers dangled Niels Lundqvist, what they could get for him this year is vastly different from what they could have gotten for him last year. Like, yeah, Lundqvist could be a piece in the pure Luke Dubois trade. But last year we were talking about him as the main piece in a Jack Eichel trade. And that shit just ain't going to happen because the, the Rangers did this. Same thing with Kravtsov. Like, I can't put Kravtsov above Lundqvist or Othman because up until this point, the New York Rangers have made it very clear that they value him significantly less than they do other players in the organization and teams know that and now his value is so low that the rangers almost have to keep him looking at this and i'm thinking about the entire roster would you say that ryan reeves has negative value or positive value i could you I, I, could I, you're not getting you, the third round pick back but could you trade ryan reeves right now for a fourth i think you could probably find a team that would give you a third for reeves i think that's interesting I'll put it that way. I think because I think Hayek is a negative. I think guys like Rooney. I think Gauthier is probably a negative, even though they're. I know he's quote unquote requested a trade this week. Yeah, can we talk about this? I, this is something I wanted to bring up because it sure. was haunting my my 
thoughts as I was driving home from Long Island yesterday. Is there any other sport, any other sport, where you have to sign a contract to make you more tradable? No. What? Like, no. the Rangers signed Julian Goche because they're trying to trade him because I guess they didn't want to just let him become a free agent? What, you think that fifth rounder is that different? What? What? I, I just, it, this is at least the third time now I've seen it. We saw it with Jake DeBrusque, right, who signed a two-year deal on trade deadline day, and everyone's like, well, now it'll be easier to trade. And then we saw it with Kravtsov, and everyone's like, well, now it'll be easier to trade. And now we see it with Goche, and we might see it with Georgiev. Like, what are we doing? Why is this They might tender Georgiev, by the way. Like, it's crazy just to if, try and if, trade him. Ryan, Ryan, I cannot. I can't <laughs> that either. Is, that is, <laughs> that, that, that podcast will be something else. I just, I don't have any other way to describe it beyond I cannot with Alex Georgiev. Why in this summer of 2022 am I still having Georgiev trade conversation? But also, why is the conversation still teams have called and the Rangers are asking for a pick and a prospect? What best, is happening? I don't, <laughs> I don't know if you listen to 32 Thoughts earlier this week when Friedman was I read like, it. I, I think listen. most teams are just going to see if he's going to become a free agent uh, no because shit. the ask is ridiculous. And I'm sitting there like, yeah, why would they? <laughs> If, the, if someone called up and was like, hey, we'll give you a third for right now for Alexander Georgiev, they'd be like, do you want me to uh, drive him or fly him there? <laughs> like, what do, you, what do you want me to do? How can I help you? Oh, my God. A player and a prospect is what the Rangers expect. What in are we what doing? World, in what like, You know what, though? Let's zag a little bit here. Props to Chris Drury for understanding that there are so many stupid GMs in the National Hockey League that maybe he might. Maybe he might get a player and a prospect. I mean, just keep asking. Just keep asking until someone says yes. I, I, that, if that's the case and it works, Drury, you're a better man than I. But Gorton had plenty of chance to trade this man. And for, Drury, yeah, Drury had plenty of chances. What are we talking about? They had legitimate offers out there that were, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say good. They were good offers, but they were on the they table. They involved second-round picks. Yeah, they do. They did. Ugh. All right. Uh, this next one is from uh, Barbie uh, Bacala. Is it Bobby? I've said Barbie. I think it's Bobby. <laughs> Ooh. Is it crazy to include Ryan Lindgren in a trade for a PLD level player instead of Kako? I tend to agree with Greg that Lindgren is a, will inevitably turn into Girardi. I also think it's his trade value is higher. Would appreciate your thoughts on this also. Uh, it wouldn't be like the craziest thing ever, but I think I think the Jets are probably going to want a controllable, more controllable asset than just Ryan Lindgren, and Adam Fox would be pretty pissed off. Put it that way. Well, I'll, I'll actually, I'll say this. I don't think it makes a ton of sense to trade Lindgren for a PLD because you're just filling a hole by creating a different hole. And I'm not saying Keandre Miller isn't capable of playing top line minutes. No, he absolutely is. But by bringing in PLD and moving out Lindgren, you will have to bring in a top four defenseman and you won't get him for $3 million. So it, it's... It's one of those scenarios where if you want to talk Lindgren and Chikrin trades, it makes all the sense in the world because you are getting the guy who would be replacing Ryan Lindgren. And that's one thing. I'm all for that. But to trade Lindgren for a non-defenseman, I don't think it accomplishes what you want it to accomplish. Yes, you become better offensively and your top six becomes solidified. But now you've just thrown your top four 
into upheaval and quite you're frankly, you're that's very solid, by the way. Yeah, right. You're taking you're, proven. You're, you're taking a ship that's on steady seas and putting it in a hurricane. Like it's it's just kind of unnecessary, especially when you consider that again, there are ways to address your top six without, you know, shitting in the waters. That is your defensive pool. I like this next question. It's from Paranoid Android. Are there any confirmed reports that Panarin lobbies heavily or flat out dictates who his line mates will be? Whether it's Hedel, Kako, etc. We've heard so much chatter on this and other boards, but I've seen nothing substantial in terms of confirmed reporting. If true, considering Panarin's average playoff performance, should the team stop listening to any of his suggestions if they're conflicting with long-term development goals? The only official, or if you want to call this official, reporting on this has been Rick's last article before he retired. Pretty much mentioned that Kako didn't want to play, or uh, Panarin didn't want to play with Kako. Outside of that, you can look at the body. You can become a body language doctor. I've had some people I like and respect show me that this is not the case. I've heard rumors of it, but there has been no official report. And that official report would never come out. Like Panarin, that that would never that would never get leaked. Period. Uh, so I'll say it's true, but I also don't think we'll ever get a confirmation on it. As weird as that sounds, I'll say this. Um, I think it's totally fine for Panarin to say the players he'd prefer to play with. I think it's absolutely insane if the coach is allowing him to dictate who he plays with. Totally agree. Coach coach has to be the adult in the room, and we've said this multiple times before. There's a difference between, you know, listening to the wants and desires of your players and bending to them, right? You don't – I don't think Artemi Panarin is going to demand a trade because he's playing with Capo Caco. I'd be very surprised, like very surprised. And guess what? If the coach thinks that's what's best for the team, not just the individual player, I sure hope that is what the coach is deciding to do. I, Otherwise, at this point, I mean, it, it would be hard to find things you would have a coach for, right? If players were deciding who they were playing with. Like at some point, the coach has to do something to justify his existence. Yeah, that's the whole point of coaching. Shocker. Uh, this is for Bradley. What's the worst Ranger game you've ever witnessed in person? I have a really easy answer for this. I drove to MSG during a pandemic, wore a mask, saw the Rangers lose to the Islanders uh, for nothing in a lifeless game with maybe 150 people at MSG, and it was hollow, lifeless, and miserable. And I drove back to Philadelphia, and it was just uh, terrible. I can one-up you. I drove six hours to Ottawa, the week before oh, Thanksgiving yes. to watch the Rangers lose a lifeless 4 nothing game with 150 people in Ottawa. Yeah, that's true. And that, that was pre-pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, I'd say that, that game, let me put it this way. That Senators game was so bad that the next night I was supposed to go to Rangers-Canadians in Montreal. I decided and, not to. And that game was bombers. And the Rangers came back and won 6-4. It was the game they fell behind 4 nothing. And then destroyed all Canadian souls and won like 6-4. Good times. Now, this is from David. Have we heard the pros and cons of the PLD trade from an asset management perspective, roster lineup in the top six perspective, cap perspective, and from a stats perspective? But have we considered that he's extremely hot? <laughs> I, we haven't considered this. I'm just – listen, uh, every day – I know he's having a great season, Starling Marte. But every time he comes on my TV, if I'm watching the game with someone – it's almost like a contractual obligation for me to turn that person and go, he's a good-looking man. He's a good-looking guy. <laughs> and, I, would, I, I wouldn't mind the he's a good-looking guy player. 
That's they always like having them on the team. I just I like the idea of a PLD 2.0. The Mets had Paul LaDuca, and now we got Pierre Luc Dubois. And I think <laughs> I'm at the point in my life where I'm ready for another PLD. Me too. This is from our friend Randy. If if Ryan Strom is re-signed, what does it mean for lineup construction, plus or minus? I think it's actually a huge negative for the power play uh, because yeah. Lafreniere will not be playing on it. If well, Ryan no, does. I don't think it's a negative for the power play. I think it's a negative for Lafreniere's for development. Yes, Lafreniere's development. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I also like it's a negative from the perspective of it's just the most boring option. Like at some point, at so like if the Rangers re-signed Strom. I know we've said this before, and we were saying it a lot during uh, the extension season last year, but if they re-sign Strom, that's really fucking it. Like, the next big decision they have to make is not for two-plus years. And you're just – it's one thing. If the Rangers don't want to make a decision for two years, but they at least bring in a new center, you have a shiny new toy you get to look at and you get to dream about. If they just bring Strom, the New York Rangers really haven't – will go from – the 2020 draft to the 2024 offseason without making a single big move. And that's just, it's just boring, if I'm honest. Like, as a sports fan, you want to do, you want to do at least something every year. And if they just run it back with Strom, it's just like, were we really, are we really just a healthy Ryan Strom away from being that team? Is that really what play, what this team lacks? And it uh, just, it's just so boring to me. This is from uh, D. Orion H. The Rangers transaction that pleasantly surprised you and one that didn't ever live up to how excited you were when the transaction went through. I think uh, Kevin Shattenkirk is that one? I was pumped when Kevin Shattenkirk was was signed. Like, I was like, oh, this is the piece. Like, this is going to bring us. This is what Henrik needed. <laughs> like, this is finally it. And then the transaction that pleasantly surprised me is that when they traded for Keandre Miller, I was super pumped. And it uh, turned out it worked out. worked out really well. Well, when they – not when they – when they drafted him because he wasn't traded to draft him. Yeah. He was not, I don't remember what player we were really hoping for, but I remember being like pretty mild on, um, uh, yeah, that the, the words that I'm looking for currently fart noise. That's good. (laughs) Yeah. I don't remember. I just, I'm with you where like when the Rangers got Miller, I was like, what? All right. Well, all right. I'll see how it plays out. And it's just, it's been like the best case scenario. It's been awesome. Um, now, I'm looking at his player page, and he actually scored 67 points for the Rangers, which was a career high. Oh, nope, sorry. I'm getting it confused. He scored uh, – he only played 18 games and immediately scored 67 points after leaving the Rangers, so this checks out for me. The transaction, if I go way into the Wayback Machine, boy, was I excited when the Rangers traded for Nick Antropov. I thought that dude was going to be the fucking truth, and then he sucked, and then he left, and he had a career year, and I was like – I don't know. This sucks for me personally. And then I went into like a little range of depression where I ignored them for like four years until you asked me if I wanted to do a podcast. And here we are. And here we are. So uh, in, in, indirectly, this is Nick Antropov's fault. Uh, Dr. Zarius asks about Kadri. I'm just going to say it's not happening. Uh, Adam Furlong asks, if you participate and be competitive in an eating competition on the 4th of July, what food would you pick? Please feel free to use this as a launching point to discussion whether a hot dog is a sandwich or not. We will not do that. But, because it is. Hmm, anyway, uh, it's a hot dog. Anyway, uh, Adam Furlong, I think... So what's the rules? It's how many you can eat in 10 minutes? Like what? what is the most I could... Yeah, what's, what's the food item I can eat the most of in a 10-minute stretch, I'm guessing? I guess. Cause it, or is it the thing I'd, I'd want to eat the most of in 10 minutes? 
I feel Why like you my answer, answer is, it both ways. Answer it both ways. I always feel like my answer is meatballs, and I don't know why. <laughs> like Swedish meatballs, I just feel like I could slam them down. Like it's just like they're just tiny meatballs. How bad could Wasn't it be? Wasn't that one of your one of the questions where we would also ask people how many Swedish meatballs can you eat in eight minutes? It's an, it, can you could you eat a meatball a minute for an hour? That's one of my favorite questions. <laughs> um. Could I you think eat a Swedish meatball a minute for an hour? And the answer is people. I think people think they could, and I don't know if they could. It's a small meatball. I think you. I think you can. Sixty meatballs in an hour. Yeah, meatball a minute. Yeah, I think that's fine. It's like a power hour. It's like a power hour, but for Swedish meatballs from IKEA. Yeah, you get drunk on meat. Uh, the food item I would want to eat the most: uh, pork dumplings. Man, I would just give me yeah, like a, a bite-sized pork dumpling. Let me eat that for twelve minutes. Yeah, I'm that's pretty good. sure I could do a number. The actual food item I think I can eat the most of in twelve minutes. I'm gonna go with a fried shrimp. Ooh, fried shrimp is good. I just so fried is. When you, when you start eating fried food over and over again, like that, you get, get over, yeah, get oversaturated by that grease. Yeah. But I think, I, I think like if, if you put every food in front of me and what food would come victorious in terms of items I ate most of in 12 minute stretch, I'd say fried shrimp. I, I want to say a vegetable to say that, that to try and be somewhat healthy. But then I was like, probably fried Brussels sprouts. And like, what am I doing? Never mind. <laughs> You're frying the vegetable. That, that yeah. The vegetable. Doesn't, doesn't fucking matter. Uh, this is from Dan from LA. Follow-up question to that. Which Ranger player could eat the most hot dogs in a hot dog eating contest? It's Chris Kreider. It's one of his secret talents. <laughs> he pro- he's probably in the co- contest right now. You have if, no you, idea. if you found out one day that Chris Kreider was an actual hot dog, would you be surprised? <laughs> no. Is he CGI in a movie as like a, as a piece of bread? In a, what's that? What's that uh, oh, Sausage movie? Party. Yeah, he's, he's in the movie. Yeah. 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 It's, it's totally he's not weird. voicing the character, which is a crazy decision on his part. But... It was weird. I'm trying. I've always. I like to play this game with myself once a week, where I try to think of what's the most ridiculous Chris Kreider-related story that I would actually go. Well, that doesn't seem plausible, and I never find the correct answer. Um, like, if you found out Chris Kreider was legitimately raised by wolves, I'd believe it. Yeah, if you found out Chris yeah. Kreider was uh, the Matt Damon character in The Martian, and he just like grew potatoes out of shit, I'd believe it. Um, if you told me Chris Kreider was like. The, a vampire, I'd believe it. Uh, if you told me Chris Kreider is the ghostwriter behind Goodwill Hunting, I'd believe <laughs> it. Like, you keep going down the list, and I just, you told me Chris Kreider actually ran one of the five families in New York and brought peace to the mafioso, I'd believe it. Like, it, you just, there is no story too fantastical for it to be not true about Chris Kreider. It's so funny because personality-wise, he's just like a stoic leader, and we just make him out to be Jigsaw, which he is. Yeah, buddy, that, that that's called fascism. <laughs> <laughs> no politics. All right, this is <laughs> Happy Fourth of July, uh, political holiday. This is from Joe Boy Nine Thousand. We're mm. going to the Twitter questions now. How likely is it that Drury keeps the uh, the moves to a minimum in order to bank cap space over time, opting to await trades and waiver options that inevitably or invariably, happened during the opening weeks of the season. I think Drury's out there looking. He's got assets he has to move. Like, Vince, I, Vince wrote about this last week. You have to move Lundqvist soon. Otherwise, the, the values continue to uh, depreciate in value. Yeah. So his hand's kind of forced there. Um, I, don't, I don't think the Rangers will spend to the cap again, and I think they'll leave. Drury is good about leaving himself wiggle room at the trade deadline, and, you know, we know players will become available at the trade deadline that we're not thinking about right now, a la Andrew Kopp, Frank Petrano, yep. Tyler Mott, 
uh, Justin Bourne, Braun, like all those guys, those guys will be available again. But like those guys are filler pieces and not the guys you're trying to build a winner with. I think the Rangers understand that they need a significant piece, at least one right now. And I like, I think the Rangers have learned the mistake of Patrick Nemeth, where if they need a defenseman, they'll trade for one in season. They're not going to worry about that right now. Um, but I, I, the Rangers understand that they can't go into the season without another center. Uh, so they will make a move for a center, whether that move is super splashy or whether that move is the most boring move possible, there will be a move. But I do think once the Rangers address that center position, I don't think we're going to see much else after that. Then I think it's going to become very boring. Like if the Rangers re-sign Strom, I expect them to do a depreciated asset for depreciated asset trade where they move Lundqvist. Um, but I, once they address center, that's it. I don't see them doing shit else. If they do something else, it's very small wing sign. I'm, I'm not counting the whoever becomes the Rangers backup goalie. I'm not counting whoever becomes the Rangers seventh defenseman. I don't count those. Like they will not make a signing of more than $2 million once they make their signing of a center. That's my point. Agreed on all that. Uh, this is from Daniel Weharach. Uh, that's not right. Is it going? Zero it, chance. That's right. Yep, 0% chance. Uh, is is going out and trading for uh, PLD or PDL, rather, really worth it? No, it's P- it's PLD. What do you mean PDL? My brain, I have dyslexia, so it changes things, and I re- reread it in Yeah, my but head. you said it right and then corrected it to the wrong. Because I got afraid that I was wrong, and I changed it, and then I'm, oh I'm an God. idiot. Uh, from really what it sa- from what it sounds like, one of Heedle or Kako would have to be involved to make it work, along with another valuable piece, just to get a guy who I've personally never seen as elite. You have to remember that again, this player is still 23, has been disgruntled in multiple places, and can be is still developing into the prime of his career. Great player. Well, I, don't, I don't think he's not, elite. Not, forget forget all that. Why am I not? Why are you serious? I have to trade one of Heedle or Kako. That was going to be my next. Do point. I have to say I have to trade one of Heedle or Kako? We do not have evidence for that at all. I, like I, I think these rumors to get clicks and to talk about things. Like yes, they're going to ask for ha- for Hedl or Kako. Of course they are. But the Rangers know that unless they get a couple big pieces, their right wing line for next year is just Lafreniere, Kako, Kravtsov. And those, I know that's a really young right side of the ice, but they don't have better options. Even if they trade one of those those players, it's not really looking great as soon as you get past the first two lines. So. I don't, I don't really see them trading Heedle, especially if you're going to trade a piece, it's going to be Heedle. And the, the argument for that is this. His value will not be higher, as we talked about earlier. Maybe you don't actually believe in him, and other teams think they do. And maybe that's wrong. Maybe that's right. But if you're going to trade it, it's going to be him. I think it's Heedle way before Kako because you need centers, but if you're going to be trading for another center, you can make the case Goodrow's your third-line center or something else, etc. But Kako, like, your right-wing depth is bad. It's real bad. And to not have him around, uh, even on a, on a very cheap deal, seems like a really stupid move. Seems really stupid. Yeah, and I think people get confused. We have to remember back to something we said earlier on this podcast, and Vince reported it, and, but it's something we've been saying along the way as well. Chris Jory runs a tight ship. You're not going to hear about what Chris Jory wants to do unless it's coming from another team or an agent, right? Rule number one, that's not going to happen. So then what you are going to hear from other teams, of course other teams will ask about Hedl and Kako. Why wouldn't they? It would be irresponsible for them not to. So, yes, 
Hito and Kako's names are the ones you're going to hear in trade rumors because those are the guys teams really want. Here's the thing. If the Rangers actually wanted to trade one of those guys, they'd be traded. The deal would be done. The Rangers would have met the ask. It'd be over. You don't – those names, the longer you hear a name connected in trade rumor, the less likely to me it is that the Rangers will trade that player because the name's not coming from the Rangers, and it means the Rangers don't want to trade the guy. So – I don't have any evidence just because the Pierre-Luc Dubois-Patrick Line trade is so unique in terms of they're two guys who didn't want to be where they were. So they were traded for each other. Spoiler alert, they still don't want to be where they were. But this is something else I've said previously where you at least have to be a little skeptical that a player is asking out of a second location. And if they're asking out of a second location, you have to ask the question, of if it's truly a player not being a fit where they are or if it's kind of on the player at that point. And once you start bringing those questions into consideration, again, it's like a player requesting a trade. You lose 25% of your trade value. So whatever you think it should cost to get here, Luke Dubois, shave 25% off it. It's going to be Niels Lundqvist, probably at least one first-round pick, and maybe another prospect outside of that. You're going to be surprised by how low this guy goes for it's not going to make a lot of sense, but and even then, NHL, like Friedman, NHL Friedman's trade. saying that, that that trade's really not even available and it's all fake. It's like okay, cool. Like, yeah. I, and Friedman's also come out and been like, I don't really have a lot on the Rangers side. He doesn't say that, but he's alluded to it because Chris Drury because he has no information. Yes. So it, it's this is the world we live in now. You're going to hear player names that other teams want. It has zero zero correlation to whether the Rangers want to trade that player. Sometimes it does. Like we know they wanted to move Kravtsov. And we know Lundqvist is wanted out. But when it comes to Hedl and Kako, those names are only coming up because that's what teams want. That's it. From Woodrow Sweats, do you do you have a 100 hockey men moment that sticks out to you? Uh, I guess for me, Greg, it would probably be when they just fired J.D. and Gorton. For having to, definitely because they were being 100 hockey men. They were trying to protect other 100 hockey men. Uh, the, the letter came out and, and J.D. was like, eh. Well, I, I don't think brothers. that – I don't think – no, I think this question is saying what is your 100 hockey men moment, as in – you participated in a 100 or 200 hockey men thought. Oh, hmm. yeah, you're not good at you're not good at this, are you? No, podcasting definitely not. I mean, we've been pretty honest about that for a really long time. Don't know what I'm. Mine is about. mine is. I just like, I just don't care about the analytics on Jacob Truba. Like he that boy. I'm a that boy. Good hockey watcher. When got it that dog in him. Truba. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Like I don't care what the I don't care what the numbers are. I don't care anything. It's like. I see Jacob Truba, and I'm like, that boy, good. That's it. He he checks every Greg box, and if that's a 200 hockey men box, I feel like I've had a lot of 100 me. hockey men takes this year. I just feel like I'm getting old. I, like Ryan Reeves is another one. Yeah, where like, I love every, Ryan every Reeves. Time someone, I don't care. Every time someone throws a chart at me, it's like that's cool. I love him. I don't care. I don't care. I think that's another 200 hockey men thought of ours. I've come a um, lot. I've come around to Goodrow. It's just a contract. I think he's a fine player. I think his charts are whack. It's whatever. I don't care. And I guess, like, if we were to go, what is our least 200 hockey men moment? It has to be for me, at least. Like, I don't care. Don't explain it to me. Left wingers should be able to play right wing. It's not this hard. I don't. It makes me irrationally angry. If a left fielder can play right field, why can't a left winger play right wing? This is fucking stupid. I hate it. Well, that's why. I say thing on defense, but that's why Nashville has four left-handed defensemen now. Fun. Uh, they just really are, like, the only team that. I feel like the only team that. It's like, well, it can only be three and three. It's just math. 
That's just the way it is. Uh, Joshua Carter asks, why does the NHL favor Pittsburgh as a market so much? I think they really haven't favored him as a market so much, and the team is well-run, and we hate to admit it a lot of the time. And a lot of that there comes was a through. time where the team wasn't well-run, that's, and the NHL that's, did rig a lottery for them. And that's that's, that's the one time I'm talking about, Gregory. That's the one time. Oh. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think if Mario Lemieux never played for Pittsburgh, this would be an interesting question, but he did, so here we are. It, they just have the best, the most, one of the most marketable star players in the league on their team. That's why they have to favor them. City Crosby. Yeah, there. there's the yeah. Let's see how let's see how the coverage of the Pittsburgh Penguins look when Sidney Crosby retires in ten years. <laughs> oh my but god, he's gonna play ten fucking years. Uh, this is for Brian. Would you say that the recent years have given New York Rangers a more intense rivalry with the Carolina Hurricanes and Tampa Bay Lightning than other traditional rivals who have been underperforming in recent seasons? I think the Islanders are still one to, on a team on a team level. I think the the Rangers yeah. hate the Islanders. I don't. I don't really. I don't find myself building rivalries with teams that are good while my team is good, right? Like, I I have moments of negative thoughts about the St. Louis Cardinals, but I don't stay up every night hoping the Cardinals lose. Um, I have moments where the Los Angeles Dodgers piss me off, but I'm not checking where the Dodgers are in the standings every day. Like, it's – I understand it's different in this instance where, like, the Hurricanes play in the Rangers division, so it, it could work. I think, for me at least – Rivalries aren't something that can ever be adjusted. Once you have hate in your heart, it doesn't actually go away. So there's nothing on God's green earth that will make me hate the Philadelphia Flyers less. Like that percentage is already eaten up. And I think the same thing about the Islanders to a much lesser extent than you. But like your rivals are your rivals. That's not like that shit gets written in pen, not pencil. I think, don't the team, the, I think the team legitimately hates the some of them too. But like the Devils, like I know they're a rival, but they're not really right now. Like I don't think the Rangers we, team hates the, the, the Devils. Rangers are a rival to the Devils. Just because you are some team's rival doesn't mean you have to be. They have to be a rival to you. This is a very common thought. Like uh, the the best example of that that I can think of is um, the Mets are a rival to the Washington Nationals. Not a single Met fan has a single thought about a Washington National fan. Mostly because we believe they don't exist, uh, but that like, like that's just it. And you can have like, new rivalries. For example, the Yankees and Astros. I think you'd call that a legitimate rivalry. Yeah, me. but that's born out of hate. Like it has to be born out of hate. I don't. I just because the Hurricanes are good, that doesn't make me hate them. It makes me want to beat them. Yes, but I don't. I don't hate the Carolina Hurricanes. And plus, I have no reason to. A lot of my life has been spent beating them, so I don't have any kind of hardship on my end to build a rivalry i just to me i just i don't think rivalry like new ones can prop up but it's not because the team is good like the team has to has to slight me and offend me in a way and i the lightning should offend the entire national hockey league not just the new york rangers but i like i'm i don't have i don't think so in the in this scenario uh this is from they made me sign up did drury always look at as cop as a rental and was pld just not available at the deadline. Wouldn't it have made sense to pay more for him at the trade deadline uh, than for Cop and others? And well, you, you get what he's saying here. Well, I don't think he always looked at Cop as a as a as a de- as a rental. No way. I think he looked at the, at the intent to probably sign and then realized uh, they couldn't come to an agreement because before Cop came to the New York Rangers, his number was probably like four million. He somehow earned himself like a two million dollar bump in a contract, which takes the Rangers out of it. 
and he played really well. And another team's going to sign him for a longer-term deal that the Rangers can't afford to do. Like, they can't sign Kopp to seven years. It's just untenable. It's not a, they're not allowed to do it. And PLD probably wasn't available. And the Jets probably weren't willing to talk that, talk about him because, uh, well, they had still had control. They didn't want to rush anything. And they were still trying to make the playoffs. It wasn't going to happen. No, and I think the Rangers at the time were more interested in a guy like Shifley. Like, I, I don't I don't think thinking – it's hard to try to make yourself think the way Chris Jury thinks. But I don't think Chris Jury's thought process was, I need another young guy to add to this collection of young men. I think he wanted – on, on the on the heels of a playoff push, a guy who has been there, done that a little bit more than Pierre-Luc Dubois. So if it wasn't going to be Mark Shifley, I think Drury thought to himself, I'd rather just keep my assets and roll these dice again in the offseason and who is really going to be available. Because really all he traded was the a potential first, where again, if the New York Rangers were uber successful, that first doesn't matter. And that's exactly what happened. But I... I it's really easy at the time to play like should the Rangers have gone in more. I don't think anybody was expecting the Rangers to make it to an Eastern conference final. And I think the moves the Rangers made at the deadline reflected that where they wanted to reinforce the team. They wanted to show the team that they are proud of their performance and that they deserve the added ammunition to make this playoff push. But I don't think anyone at last year's deadline would have right. thought it would have been a good time to go all in. And that's why the Rangers did it. And Drury getting an A-plus for the deadline, by the way. Fucking crushed yeah, it. he nailed it. He nailed Fucking it. crushed it. Uh, this is from uh, Bruce. Are folks using recency bias with Hedl, or is he really about to break out? I think the signs are there for a breakout. It's all there. Kako and Hedl haven't had chances to really perform in long stretches where they were healthy. He broke his hand last year. Wait, wait. But what, what, is, what really is this question? The only time you predict breakouts is by using recency bias. <laughs> that, that's, that's a good it. point. Solid like, point. If, 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 you know what would be a really weird thing to say? If he don't suck in the playoffs, oh, man, I think he's ready for a breakout. No, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I think he's ready for a breakout because he clearly just played his best hockey when it mattered the most. What other time would I say he's available? He's primed for a You breakout? would not. You would not. You would not. I don't this like is... making fun of the questions, but that's a funny question. It is funny, Bruce. Uh, Sharkbait asks, put tinfoil hat on. Uh, the NHL is keeping the Coyotes alive in the hopes and apparently to apply pressure to Matthews to sign there and as the savior of hockey in Arizona. There's no way. There's, <laughs> there's no chance. I, I don't think Matthews re-signs with the Leafs. I think that's probably a hot take for Toronto. But the Coyotes? To play I, in front of 5,000 fans if they show I up? I don't know. I I mean, I think the reason the NHL wants to stay in Arizona is because it's one of the few, like, it, it's, it's one of the states where people just keep moving there. It's a big like, market. Popul- it's huge. Yeah, like, the Scottsdale market has increased, like, something like 150% in the last decade. Um, and Glendale is now one of the biggest. The Glendale-Phoenix market is, like, a top 10 market. It's just, like... I think the NHL is still embarrassed about how things went in Atlanta again. And now they're kind of stubbornly sticking to their guns well beyond the point of maturation. Like, and you know what? I don't it, There are Coyote fans. Like there's a desire for a team. Everything that's fucking it up is just the ownership choices the NHL makes time and time again. Like I, 
think it's really that simple. I don't know necessarily if it's like, oh, there's no market for a hockey team in Arizona. I don't think that's it. I just think the NHL, in the most hilarious NHL fashion, can't find a 30-second rich person to properly own a hockey team. So stupid. Uh, this next question is from SlickRick23. Alexi Lafreniere over under 25 goals next season. I'll take the under. I think he's, yeah, I will. I don't think he's going to score 25. It just, there's so much. Do you think he, how many goals do you think he had this year? Uh, off the top of your head? In the regular season? Yeah. Was it 11? No, it was 21. Did he really? Yeah. Holy shit. What's your problem? I don't know. This is really 20's goal scorer this year? Oh my goodness. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> what is your, what is your deal? Now I need it. Now I'm, I'm, I'm double checking just to make sure, but he's I think cool. you're a big dumb idiot. He's... Oh, I'm sorry. He had 19. He had 19. Okay. Still good. Is that that's including playoffs or no? No, that's just regular season, buddy. Boy, okay, twenty five goals seems very tenable, especially if it's on the power play. Take the over, yeah. sounds good. Yeah. Oh, do I? <laughs> no, fuck <laughs> you! You're taking the under. You're, you're taking the under so I can call you an idiot. That, that's good. the only reason you're doing it. I'll take the under. That was bad research by Ryan. That's what that's called. That bad was horrible. Research. Eleven. He had twelve as a rookie. True. I maybe I'm like, is it? Like, I was thinking even strength goals, but they're all even strength, this aren't is, they? This is your this is your 200 hockey man moment. This where you're like, good. oh, Alexi Lafreniere didn't score much. It's more of an assist guy. Goals? More of an assist guy. That's for sure. Yeah, uh, 12 assists, buddy. Oh my goodness! I'm just eating the shit on this one. <laughs> uh, let's answer another silly question. This is from Mike yeah. Parliament. Uh, why don't you uh-huh. bring listeners on as guests? Oh, we don't. We don't do that. Not a lot of podcasts do that. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, I've had people ask me, and the answer is usually no. And it's not that I don't like you. I think you're a cool person. We just like it's like, what it's what the vibe checks are for, guys. We, yeah. we host those. We're Should gonna host more checks? of them. We, if we were gonna bring on a guest, I promise it would be one of our top supporters. I but promise. that's also that's also like uh, the difference between podcast and actual radio, right? Like we're not doing a call-in show. Yeah, like maybe we'll do a call-in show sometime in the next year if I figure out how to do it. But. Those college shows are fun. I have a great time when we do them, but it's just not what we do for the podcast. Uh, this is from uh, Zach. Do you think there's a reasonable chance Malkin will sign with the Rangers? And if so, how do you think the fit would be? I don't think this chance is zero, but I think it's close to zero, mostly because he wants to get paid. He should want to get paid, but the fit would be sick. Malkin's good. Malkin's very good. I, I've been meaning to slide into the Twins DMs because I just don't understand how they got to his projected contract salary i like i'm dying to know and i'm sure there's a perfectly rational explanation that takes emotion and actual player name out of it entirely but like do i if if malkin reaches unrestricted free agency i'd say i'd say the odds of it right now are like five percent if he reaches unrestricted free agency I'd probably still only go as high as like 25 just because I really just don't see a scenario in which he's accepting a deal for where the number doesn't start with five. And I, I just, I think other contenders will just drop a bigger bag than the Rangers are prepared to. Cause the Rangers don't have money. That's why I think we hit a lot of the questions, Greg, but also just like if the number doesn't start with like, if he signs for less than five, why isn't he a penguin? I think that's all. That's my, that's my other question. Like, there's, there's some of this that where I take a step back and go, okay, what's what's actually going on here? Not to not to win horse this up really good. <laughs> the win uh, horse, by the way, legendary, incredible, legendary. That third third favorite movie of the year is that first take with Brian Windhorst. What what's going on in Utah? Who knows what 
in Utah. My 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 favorite fan theory so far is the Wolves traded for all those guys in the Gobert trade. Uh, the, the Wolves sent all those guys in the Gobert trade for one of them to come back to him and just tell him what's going on in Utah. Um, but so like if, if, if Malkin eventually signs a short-term deal that isn't paying him north of $6 million, I need to know why it's not in Pittsburgh. And until someone can give me an actual answer to that question, I'm just going to be super skeptical about everything. How many second graders do you think you and Greg could take in a fight? I would never punch a kid. So there you go. Well, I, I have no problem punching kids if they deserve it. Um, <laughs> I think second grade. Here's the problem with second graders. Okay. There's a lot. Some second graders, you hit them once, they go down, they stay down. They Other fight. ones just keep coming back. They just keep coming back. They're, they think it's funny. They're like fucking under the undertaker. They just don't fucking. They don't go away. Right. It's, so probably, it's, it's just, probably around 11. 11 I, might be a lot. So somebody goes Lexi Lafreniere scored this year. I think 11's – I'm, like, I'm going to get tired, like, punching these kids. I think that's right. <laughs> um, and, again, again, I'm compromised right now where, like, yeah. all these kids have to do is go for my legs. Yeah. And I'm not going to be able yeah. to do it. They're like an AT-AT so, walker in Star Wars. You know, this I know. I, I, think, yeah. I think I'm at six if, if um, I'm – man, I'm going to feel so good after the first three. Like, I'm going to land some real good yep, haymakers some nice and cross rights yep. on the three, and I'm going to be like, oh, I could do this all fucking day. And then I'm going to get to about the sixth one. The fist is going to get a little swollen. My arms are going to get tired. I'm going to be out of breath. I'm going to be like, fuck, these kids just don't fucking go away. I I think six, no question. I'd like to think 10, but I think like a classroom of second graders, they're going to overmatch me. This is the last question we'll do. It's from Jason Silverman. You didn't want to end on punching six second graders. No. Okay. With, the une- uh, with the unexpected success of getting the Eastern Conference Finals comes perhaps unfair expectations. If the uh, Rangers don't make the Eastern Conference Finals in 22-23, is this a season of failure? And has Gallant done enough to buy him one more season no matter the result? I don't know. I, I think don't... if they get knocked out by a great team in the first round, this is what it is. That happens. It's teams. just, this is like a... This is one of those unfair hypotheticals where I just I don't know. It a lot depends on a lot. What move? What move for a second line center or third line center do the New York Rangers? Make? Is, are, is are are any of the key Rangers injured? What are did did other teams improve in more drastic ways where the Rangers couldn't if they even wanted to? Like did something fucking crazy happen where Pasternak gets traded for McDavid or something like that? Right there. If we're playing the hypothetical game, I can throw that one out there. This, this, these are the worlds we live in. Um, I don't know. It's really it, – it is an unfair question for me to answer on July 4th, 2022. Because right now, as currently constructed, I don't see the Rangers making it back to an Eastern Conference final. Not not without – if we go into the if, – if we have to play the game where the only Rangers we can say they have are the Rangers they currently have, I'd quite simply say they don't have enough. They're down to center. Um they are relying once again a lot on Igor Shosturkin being Igor Shosturkin. I I don't think this team is one of the two best teams in the Eastern Conference is currently constructed. It's they have work hard. to do. It's very hard uh, to get back. And I think even with the work to do, even if the Rangers bring it, I don't know. The Rangers would have to bring in a star center for me to call them one of the two a best favorite. teams in the East. Yeah, they're they're not as good as the Lightning. And quite frankly, on paper, they're not as good as the Leafs. So like... 
I, but I, I understand saying they're not as good as the Leafs doesn't mean anything because the Leafs will always find a way to fuck this up. So it's just funny for me to say it. But I don't realistically believe the Rangers are one of the two best teams in the Eastern Conference right now, which means I can't realistically believe that they're going to be one of the last two teams standing playing an Eastern Conference final next year, which means I can't say it's going to be a disappointment if they don't get there. So I, I don't know. I guess that's where I land currently. And then with that, we're done. We'll be back later this week with the PSBOT on the pod, of course. And uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. You can follow me on Twitter at O'Ryan Media. Follow Greg at Blue Shirts Break. We'll be back later. Love you guys. Happy 4th of July. Bye. Okay, and as you know, at the end of each show, I like to thank all our NHL Insiders Club. We've been breaking some news in there. Some fun time. Talking about some chit-chat, some rumors, some Malkin, some Kako extension, some other things, and, and more, of course. But without these founding ladies and gentlemen, uh, we could not be doing this podcast. So without further ado, uh, on this very special holiday episode, I'd like to thank Adam Cassidy, Adam Cohen, Adam Cartulo, Adam Keach, Alex Gardner, Anthony Terragata, Ben Waters, Ben Weber, Brett McGinnis, Brian Doyle, Brian Gallagher, Brian Mallon, Broadway Blucher, Bleeder, Chris Finelli, Chris Howard, CJ Stellwagen, Conrad P. Damage, Daniel Dezen, David Narrett, David Siegel, Dennis Dice, Darian, Eric Stagg, Garrett Rainus, Give Gardner a cup, Garrett, Gretzky, Garrett McFly, Harrison Hasco, Hip Hip 89. Thanks for the prospect update this week, George. Holla Sauce, Ian Rodriguez, Ian Usher, Jake B, J- uh, James Masker, Jamie Filipponi, J- Jerry and Marquez, JD, Jimmy Mack, JJ, Frankie, JJ. John Hardesty, John Shea, Johnny Thundercock, Jordan, Josh Kestenbaum, Justin Friedman, Chris from Florida, Christoph Berg, Lazak, oh, Lashik, oh, no, Lashik, Krokowski, Lou Giordano, Matthew Goodwin, oh, I'm so, why am I so surprised? Matthew Kine, Meatball the Cat, Mike Buckle, Neil Grover, Nicholas Dinagola, Pascal Perrier, Pavel Kovar, Pro World of Tech Gamer, Randy Tesser, Steve Manella, uh, Steve Bullbox, Swingard, Thomas Wells, Tom Seclary, Thomas Jr., Tommy O'Neill, Twerk from Manhattan, Upstate, Vin, Vinny Brocco, Vinny Hay, Will Spector, and Winston, the Golden Retriever. Thank you all for supporting this podcast and uh, founding. Uh, we're uh, listening to our stupid 4th of July mailbag. Uh, listen, going to be an interesting couple weeks here. There are a lot of rumors flowing. I know we addressed this on the show, but the Stroman cop thing, the one thing I want to pay attention to especially is that if it's day three or four, of the free agency blitz of July 11th, well, and Strom isn't signed, which I'm, I'm starting to hear rumors that teams maybe aren't as interested because of the pelvic interest, uh, surgery, possibly. I don't think he's gotten the surgery yet, or I think they're still going to evaluation. Maybe he's rehabbing. But I've gotten, I've heard that uh, teams are a little less interested to pay him $6 million a year. I, I do wonder if there's like a real cheap Ryan Strom two-year deal. I just, just sitting out there. I just do wonder about it. Because I think Cop gets six years. He's hockey guy. Like, he is hockey guy. Some team's giving him money. Ryan Strom, I think it might be out there. We'll see. Without further ado, I'm going to go eat hot dogs and enjoy a beautiful July 4th day. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with BSBOT later this week. We love you guys. Talk to you then. Bye. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line 
prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's spring like in Park City, Utah? Imagine waking up on a bluebird day to ski the greatest snow on earth at two world-class resorts, Park City Mountain and Deer Valley. Exploring miles of wide-open spaces by snowshoe or cross-country skis. Wandering our historic Main Street with its Opry ski scene and award-winning restaurants. When you love it like we love it, Park City, Utah will always be winter's favorite town. Join the experience at visitparkcity.com.